Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, the PNG Hunters win the Interest Super Cup Minor Premiership. Fiji targets a return to the top tier of junior rugby, and a new Fiji International Golf Champion is crowned. But first, Papua New Guinea is celebrating back to back AFL International Cup titles after a nail biting 29 28 victory over New Zealand in the grand final. After losing their first match of the tournament, the Mosquitoes won four straight to become the first side to successfully defend the title. Coach David Lake says he had to keep the sideline calm as a behind proved enough to win the game in the dying moments. Keeping them calm is hard because they're emotional people and uh, and they share that emotion very quickly and very loudly. And trying to manage my bench was probably difficult and then just on the field to keep them composed. So whatever instructions you give, they have to be measured and uh, and ones that they can actually understand and carry out because emotion is the first thing that they'll uh, they'll put out there. So yeah, so all, all those things, just managing all that was um, and keeping a calm was important. So from my point of view, I tend to internalise because I don't get, I don't need to provide something for them to feed off. But certainly it was close. But I um, I probably wasn't looking at the scoreboard all the time. I was more interested in what we were doing and. Honestly, in that last piece, the young fellow that ran in the open goal and hit the post, he did that in the game against Ireland, which probably cost us the game as well. But if he'd have kicked that goal, the ball went back to the middle and there would have been a goal in it. And uh, for the Kiwis, that would have meant an opportunity to get halfway back to the middle of the ground, an opportunity to restart. The blonde ruckman, the left hand armor, he was on and they were up and about. So maybe kicking a point in reflection was a good thing because they had to go the full length of the ground. It's those fine moments, those those things that may be in the moment, you don't realise how crucial they are and you look back and, you know, the Kiwis are beating Ireland, which put you into the final and uh, and then, of course, um, you know, nicking it there at the end uh, in that grand final and what was a very tight one. So uh, all these tiny little sliding doors moments that uh, add up to uh, a, a big thing like winning the uh, Division One title. Yeah, so it was really crazy. From New Zealand's point of view, I know they set their goals to win every game. Robert sat down with them. But I sort of look at the, that final and, and it's almost like Barclay should have kicked the ball out and you know, just kick it over the boundary line, get it out in the full. And, and they would have played Ireland again, who were down to 16 fit men. They were really back to put a side on the field that last day. And that would have been their opponent, who they really knew, rather than the unknown, which was us. It was interesting because they'd set their goals a certain way, they chased them. I wonder whether they'd have been better off not winning that game. The squad hadn't been together for three years since the last International Cup and you know, it's still very much a developing sport in Papua New Guinea and there's, there's obviously a lot of talent and a lot of uh, possibility but uh, what does winning again, what does reinforcing that uh, success, what does that do for AFL and Papua New Guinea, do you reckon? As I said to the boys after the game I, I finished off with and I'd sold to them before the game that it was the haves versus the have-nots and I said, but you live your life as have-nots so don't let this be any different and fight like you'd fight if it was day-to-day, and then you hope from this that um, companies want to get involved and sponsor the competitions and 
and that the AFL continue to put money into development at the, at the junior level and we continue to create players like Young Ace, um, that's good evidence that the, you know, the AFL money needs to be invested in development. The other money, the sponsor money, the outside money, corporate dollar, needs to, um, needs to support senior footy. And if we continue to build that way, um, I think there's 10 years' work that was in that side. As I said, from 29 to 16 was the spread. And uh, the 16-year-old played every game and every moment, and as did the 29-year-old, and you sort of, and everything in between. We have all the layers of talent now, and if we continue to invest heavily in development, I think you'll see that the game could grow, and there's some good, you know, some good things will happen around Young Ace over the next few weeks, I reckon, and that just helps promote opportunity. I think it can grow significantly, and it's just about putting money and resource into into right places because they're. Absolutely amazing athletes, and they're tough as nails. Do you get some sort of a prize? Do you get some sort of financial reward or something like that as a as a country, as an association, for winning this? No, all emotional, all emotional. Yeah, there's there's no prize. I think the prize is that when you go back to country, that um, you know, I, I hope that the people that do sponsor and put in money is that they offer them work opportunities and and they get recognition to help them move forward in their lives, which is probably more significant than getting, you know, if you gave every player $1,000 each, he celebrate. If you give him a job, he can earn $1,000 every, you know, or in Persia, it might be every month. Or give him opportunities, teach him to fish. And, and you hope that that's what comes out of uh, this significantly. And we were lucky enough to have um, the head of the Sports Foundation and, and uh, the head of the, uh, or the chairman of the board and, um, we, had, we had some significant people in our corner that came over for the game, the sports ministers. assistant. He, he, he was in town, and, and uh, you hope when they see things like that, that makes them want to go home and, and work out where they can better invest and support. But certainly they've got good things going on over there, and, and hopefully they continue to improve. And for the individuals like Ace, 16 years old, the world in front of him, you know, what sort of opportunities does this open up? In the past, there have been those international scholarships. I mean, is that, you know, if the end goal is... You know, dreaming of the AFL, how realistic, how probable, how possible is achieving something like that? Exciting for the game yesterday that Kevin Sheen, who's the guru of, um, of football development in, in Australia, was actually at our, at our huddle at each of the breaks, and as, as was uh, Gil McLaughlin floating around, uh, and Grant Williams. So the right people were clearly interested in what was going on yesterday, and uh, from both sides' point of view, I, I felt they, they made their effort and they had a real good look. And for kids the age of young Ace, he played for Queensland recently in the national under-16s. So there might be an opportunity to make the AIS Academy or all those opportunities are real for him. And uh, and if we can get one through the door, it just might reignite the whole thing for countries like PNG. It's pretty exciting. In, in terms of the competition itself, um, is it getting bigger? Is it about the same? What sort of resonance does this event have within the sport? I, I think the actual standard has improved. And, uh, and and you'd know in country over in New Zealand, certainly their footy has improved enormously, um, which obviously ours has, if I use that as a measuring stick, we've both gone to new levels. So I think there's, it gets more respect on that basis, that people take more of an interest and see it as a, a genuine place to, that you might find a talent. You don't find 10 blokes in one place. It doesn't work like that. But if, we can get, if one player can find an opportunity through that carnival, then the carnival works from, from my point of view because... Uh, that's how hard it is. I mean, getting drafted to the AFL is, is a, uh, a difficult thing for any uh, any athlete. The International Cup in 2020 uh, probably feels like a, an absolute uh, you know mile away in the distance now. Um, what, what happens between now and then? It's quite funnily, as I got off the plane in Brisbane this morning with Darrell White, 
he was plotting three years' time. We need to do this and we need to do that and we have to come back. And <laughs> I've, I've, it amused me that someone that's achieved so much still felt from being involved in what he got personally out of it with the relationships that he was able to form and, and seeing the outcomes, he was... Uh, he wants to he wants to get organised now so that we spend the next three years getting better, not the next three years just moving on and then coming and going through that same process of no training. You know, you know can we create um, a PNG versus Indigenous game up in PNG every year and and we use it to showcase talent or find talent and raise money for our next cup campaign. So that makes it exciting when uh, you bring a bloke in like that that's done so much and he. And he's thinking like that. It was uh, it was pretty good. Makes you want to stay involved. That's the PNG Mosquitoes AFL coach David Lake. The Papua New Guinea Hunters rugby league team have won the Intrust Super Cup Minor Premiership for the first time after beating the Wynnum Manly Seagulls in Port Moresby at the weekend. The league leaders now have an unassailable three-point lead over second-placed Redcliffe Dolphins with one round remaining before the playoffs. Coach Michael Marum says they've exceeded their expectations. Didn't expect to win the minor premiership this year. You know, we we can recall just performances there. So, you know, we set our goal to finish in the final six, but to get the minor premiership is just uh, really proud of the way it's gone so far this year. Yeah. It's obviously been a very strong season. It, it has to be. You finished uh, at the top of the ladder, but you know there have been difficulties. Uh, a, a lot of the matches at home, you've trailed at half time or early in the first half, and you've had to come from behind to win. Your performances away from home have been very strong, and but that was something that wasn't the case last year. So there's you know, and, and we've had a little bit of trouble in camp a few weeks ago with some of the players. So, um, you know, th- there have been some hurdles to get over to get to this point. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, our home games just always trail and, you know, struggle to get our wins up here. But, you know, we've done a lot of uh, work on our way trips, you know, our routine, how we travel, how we get into camp, how we prepare for games, stuff like that. So we're moving, we're moving closer to the venues. You know, back at home, it's just the distractions from the, uh, you know, the fans and people back here probably one of the main reasons why we struggle a bit like that. But there's a lot of things you've learned through all throughout the year. It's been a long season for a lot of these boys again. At the moment, it's mentally we're trying to get, keep them uh, focused on the job. My minor premiership is just uh, one thing that is rewarded for, but you know, the main price is still there. So, you know, or if we can push uh, even up in the next month or so. Yeah, and you've got one more round robin match uh, away from home, and and then you get a bye in the first week of the finals, uh, thanks to uh, your position at the top of the table. Uh, Last year, you lost in the first week of the finals at home. So, what have you learned from that experience? Yeah, no, we've uh, three finals games. We haven't won one, so you know, two in 2015 uh, against the Black Ox and Jets. Also, one uh, last year. So, you know, that was disappointing at all. But you no, know, we understand it's going to be tough again. You no know, different ball game, finals football. But you know, our focus now is just on our last remaining game uh, this weekend against the Blue Reds. Get them out of the way, and then we focus on that. But everyone needs to step up to make sure they they get their best during the. Uh, uh, Rugby league is, of course, the national sport in Papua New Guinea, and, and this is a World Cup year where you'll be coaching the Kumuls on home soil at the National Football Stadium, uh, you know, in a couple of months' time. So, you know, what does this result mean, not just for the Hunters team and squad, but but for the people of Papua New Guinea and the people that love rugby league? You know, it's going to be a big two months around. We got the World Cup games coming up. You know, yesterday we had the Prime Minister there, all the ministers, a lot of the uh, uh, very important people at the game, and uh, you know. The fans, I think we had over 12,000 people there. So just after the game, I was talking to David Mead and a few of the women boys. And the atmosphere just at the game, just, you know, and I was talking to uh, the OSHED CEO and I was just saying, you know, come World Cup time, just imagine all this, you know, to get another extra 5,000 in. 
uh, exciting uh, times ahead. And uh, yeah, no rugby league up here in the United Nations. And everyone talks and talks about the underscore. Uh, just one day, and then they get back to normal the day after. So we've uh, gone a long way to come uh, come out uh, as minor premiers. That's the PNG Hunters rugby league coach Michael Merrim. The Fiji under-20s rugby team is bidding to end a three-year exile from the top tier of junior men's rugby. The Fijians finished third in the second tier Junior World Trophy last year and new coach Kali Suwabu says they are hoping it's a case of third-time lucky. Our main goal is to go and win this tournament. Uh, in saying that, you know, uh, we've got um, uh, Hong Kong, um, Uruguay and Portugal in our pools. Uh, you know, Uruguay will be our strongest opposition. But in saying that, a lot of the Tier 2 teams are getting better as well. So uh, we just got to treat every game as a final and uh, make sure we we top our pool and, and also win the to whoever comes from the other pool uh, to ensure that we uh, go through to the uh, Junior World Championship next year. Obviously before your time, but a couple of years ago, Fiji finished fifth and, and they lost to Uruguay among their matches. And last year you beat them but uh, you just unfortunately were in the same pool as Samoa who went on to win so that was the only game you lost but uh, you, you ended up finishing third which I guess just emphasises how tough it is so you don't have to worry about Samoa this time but as you say Uruguay they're at home so they've got that advantage and then if you make it past them looking at the other pool teams like Japan I guess you would expect to be pretty strong as well. Yeah that's right and I think uh, main preparation is also revolving around the strength of each team that's coming through you know we've had a look at the uh, videos of uh, both Uruguay and uh, and Japan. Uh, and you're right, you know, Japan beat Fiji uh, two years ago and Fiji just won last year. So they'll be strong. A forward-dominated uh, style of play. Uh, but, you know, we've uh, seen the, uh, the weaknesses and the weak-ons from those games and that's what we're preparing for and putting things together to ensure that we don't repeat the same sort of mistakes like they did last year. Because if you look at the Pacific teams, um, you know, Tonga aren't even in the Junior World Trophy, but... Uh, Samoa have done well at under-20s level, even though they were relegated from the championship earlier this year. Uh, but, you know, they've had some issues with the senior team, whereas Fiji have dominated in sevens and, and with 15s in the Pacific region for a number of years now. But uh, it's the under-20 level, I guess, where, where the team is still struggling, and that's probably the one team that needs to, to move back up and where, where you would expect to be, I guess, amongst those top, you know, eight, ten teams. Yeah, it's right. You know, it's, it's it's unfortunate that, that all Pacific teams uh, can't make it there. And, and you're right, I've only been in Fiji now seven months. And uh, I think the system that's currently in place will, will really help uh, uh, junior age grade, age grade teams uh, coming up in the next few years. Uh, you know, last week we were in camp. Uh, the uh, the uh, Fiji team that's going to play in the NRC were in camp. And then the under-18s and under-16s were also in camp. So there's already a pathway there for the young upcoming players coming through. So... Uh, now, if we can keep working hard and maintain that uh, system and pathway structure, then uh, then the under twenties will be will be more co- competitive in the years to come. How does that relationship within the teams work? Of course, the NRC team are about to make their debut in that competition. I think uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, um, and they've got a very busy few months ahead of them. Uh, the Fiji Sevens are not far away from getting back into camp and, and looking ahead to a, a new season as well. Uh, so, you know, what players did you have available? Did are there players in the NRC team that you would normally have picked but can't this time, or have you got preference, or you know how, how does that work? Yeah, now a number of uh, teams that are that are currently in the under twenty squad. Uh, squad um, a lot of them uh, were still under, I think, were they around nineteen years of age last year. So quite a core of the team uh, have been together for this is the second year now. So it's, it's uh, fortunate that way for me. It's a lot easier in terms of transitioning into. 
um, you know, our patents and structures that what we want to achieve uh, for this year. Uh, NRC team, I know six six of uh, our under-20 squad uh, played for uh, the Fiji Warriors game uh, last Friday night, and, uh, and they did really well. So I'm pretty sure that um, after our tournament, there will be quite a number of them that will be uh, pushing for positions in that NRC team, which will be good for future rugby. So so you've got the pick of your players for this tournament, and then after that, any players that are good enough for the NRC would, would then join the team after that? Yes, that's right. And what was that Fiji? I saw that Fiji Warriors game. What Was that just kind of a one-off game where you guys could put a few players from the 20s, a few players from the NRC or whatever that, that just sort of needed game time, or what, what was the purpose behind that? Yeah, there was, um, I think, the you know, seasons in Fiji have, have finished. So uh, in terms of preparation, it's, it's a good chance for uh, for the NRC to have some uh, some game time uh, prior to the tournament. It was also an opportunity to put some of our under-20 players here to, to have some game time. So we have a number of boys that are coming over from overseas. Uh, so just getting them into that uh, in a game situation uh, and uh, making sure and see, give an opportunity to the coaches to see what sort of uh, you know, talents they have and the best possibility to put them into the NRC team later in the year. So I guess that's the main purpose around it. Alrighty, and so your first game up is uh, in the competition is against Hong Kong. So what you've got a you've still got a, a couple of weeks once you get over there roughly to prepare for that. Do you have any uh, matches beforehand or? No, no, no more matches beforehand. Uh, but you know we've got about five days to to prepare before we play uh, Hong Kong. So um, you know we're just trying to tweak our game plan a little bit against Hong Kong and. Uh, and then uh, see how we go from there. But uh, you know, expecting a tough uh, uh, battle from them as well. And like I said, you know, the, the teams are getting um, stronger each year, so we can't lax off uh, and just aim for one game. So we've got to treat every game as a final. So we're really looking forward to our first game. It'll be an opportunity for us to, uh, you know, put a lot of our, our game plans in place and uh, making sure we take a, a step ahead uh, every every game we encounter after that. And is it fair to say, Collie, that anything but promotion is a failure? Uh, that'll, that'll be a fair call, I believe. That's the Fiji under-20s rugby coach, Collie Sawabu. The Australian golfer Jason Norris recorded the biggest win of his career at the Fiji International after finishing four shots clear of the field at 14 under par. The 44-year-old pockets almost $190,000 for his efforts and told reporters everything aligned for him on the final day. Surprising, I felt really good all day, and um, you know, a couple of times I started getting ahead of myself. And my good mate Ace over here just quite calmed me down and said about the process. And we just worked on our process all all week, really. And I think it was just our week; everything just aligned, and putts dropped, and some good shots came, and it was amazing. Jason turned pro in 1996. In 21 years, did you ever think of winning this big? I always thought I would, but it never did. And I was just saying to my mate, I, I, I said a couple of years ago when I was about to quit the game, I said, I don't want to give the game away until I win a big tournament because I know I can. And I said to Ace, I'm quitting now. So <laughs> <laughs> He said, hey, hey, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> so no need for the European Tour card then? Uh, yeah, well, I've, just, uh, I've just got the papers already. They've gone through all that. So Asian Tour and European Tour now for another year. So it's unbelievable, really. That's the Fiji International Golf Champion, Jason Norris. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Hello. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.